0: we spent in the pre-show talking about this, uh, this whole ons video that I recently released. And one of the things that we talked about, Love in the video, Love you. thank you, uh, was, was Arthur Kessler's view that we really are subject to two primary drives. Now you're talking about a thousand different drives. Kessler's yeah. talking about two drives, the drive to be a whole individual and to be part of some other greater whole that is beyond us or outside us or what have you. And the, you know, the caution here is that sometimes the drive to become part of a greater whole actually causes us to associate with collectives, with groups that are actually not more than us, not more whole than us, but are actually less whole than us, right? And we we, we, we think that's, you know, is going to work as a substitute gratification because it's a larger group, but guess what? It's not actually a deeper group, right? You're actually sort of, in a way, Uh, compromising your depth for the depth of whatever group you might be associating with. So I think for me, the way I get from two drives to a thousand drives is by noticing that these two drives for wholeness and for partness exist at every fulcrum of our development. And not only that, but exist in every quadrant at every fulcrum of our development, right? So we have- Sort of base physiological like a hunger drive that is going to take the form of both uh, a pursuit of wholeness as well as a pursuit of partners and then we feel it again with the sex drive and then we feel it again with the hunger or i'm sorry with the the power drive and then the love drive and then the self-expression and authorship drive and, and on you go all the way up to self-actualization self-transcendence and all of that but every step of the way there's in there's a a I'm not even going to say it's an invitation. It's, there's a need, there's a necessity to find new ways to integrate that polarity of my wholeness versus my partners. Because if you go too far in one direction or the other, something goes wrong. Something becomes sort of pathological in our system. So having the, the, the sort of the capacity to track that polarity, again, not just not only up and down the developmental spiral, but also in every quadrant right? We have drives for wholeness and partness in the upper left, in the upper right, in the lower left, in the lower right. Even beyond that, we have it in all eight zones, right? There's there's something phenomenologically about what feels good or feels right or feels aesthetically pleasing about wholeness and partness in zone one. And then we have structural shadow, you know, sort of components to it. A big one for us to talk about is, uh, you know, in terms of how culture is self-organized, zone four sort of that outside of the culture that's you know de- determining what the overton window what's your what where the the permissions are in terms of what can be talked about what can't be talked about
1: exactly if,
0: taboos. If about that, exactly taboos are on the other side of that line and if you go on the other side of that line you're going to experience shame coming from whatever
1: group you you happen to be a part of coming I mean from yourself first Totally. But then if the group observes you, you'll you will get disapproval from the group, sometimes even exclusion from the right. group, which is death, experience right. death, which right. is where all the social isolation is turning into all this suicide and homicide and stuff yeah. in this country. Because social isolation with humans is associated with death. Why do you think people think about death all the time when they're socially isolated? It's right. associated with that from the very beginning.
0: Right. Well, and speaking to that, Keith, is, you know, and this is something I know we've talked about several times, but I really appreciated your distinction here between intrinsic and extrinsic sort of sources of motivation, because they're really linked to intrinsic and extrinsic sources of value that we find in our lives and in the world. And we are very, very well trained as a society to seek extrinsic reward in order to feel like we have extrinsic value. And those are sort of that sense of self-worth that comes with like my accomplishments and my career and sort of all of these exterior facing you know, sort of qualities of the life that I've been able to build for myself and where we continue to languish. And I think there's interesting historical reasons for this but where we continue to languish is with our sense of interior value. And this is why, particularly for men, when men, are most likely to kill themselves is after two major events either the death of a spouse or the loss of a career now notice in the death of the spouse the man is losing oftentimes their only source of intrinsic value my wife is the only thing in my world that makes me feel valuable just for being me without having to do anything to earn that to, to earn that right whereas when they lose a job they're losing a source of extrinsic value. I, I, because I as a man have been trained to only define myself extrinsically, when I lose that, it feels like I lose everything, especially if that sort of that source of intrinsic value isn't obvious to us. If we don't feel like people care about us just because we are who we are and not because of what we can do for them. So this is a big, you know, this is a cultural disease right now. And the historical reasons yeah. that I think have brought us here is is i mean in a lot of ways totally natural and and really kind of inevitable right like we used to we used to have this division of labor right which for better or for worse worked for humanity for a certain amount of time until it didn't work anymore but that division of labor was largely men were tasked with what we call the public sphere of life governance and economics and sort of everything that you leave your house for in order to do And then women were tasked with maintaining the private sphere, right? Hearth and home, that sense, that source of of family values and and, and all of that. And that's sort of what human beings
1: did pretty
0: much across, you know, cross-culturally for thousands of years.
1: Well, remember that when that happened in tribes, women still had equal power in the culture. Sure. They had their own work and their own so, so on. But, um, there was equal power. Once agrarian came, the patriarchy came, and then then women could become property, and they, people could become property. and And so now we get to the excesses of, yeah, of, that's right.
0: I think that's true. and but, I also think that the flip side of that has also been true and and remains true. Like if we listen to some of our You know, someone like a Warren Farrell, for example, right? Oh yeah. Talk about the fact that, like, okay, yeah, men have continued to enjoy and have historically enjoyed all sorts of freedoms and privileges and so forth in the extrinsic world, but we continue to suffer on the interior world. We continue to suffer in the interior world because, again, I think the historic reason for this, Keith, is that during the Industrial Revolution, particularly in the early twentieth century, we made. Not only the technological advancements, but we also had the life conditions that required women to move en masse out of the private sphere and into the public. We needed bodies in the factories to create the tanks and all that that we were fighting World War II, right? So there was this massive movement. And this came obviously right after the, the you know women's liberation movement, allowing women to, to, to vote for the first time. Hey, that's a pretty novel idea, right? So you had this massive transfer of value from the intrinsic private sphere into the extrinsic public sphere. And that right. is nothing but a good thing. I think all of us celebrate that. That's amazing. Way to go, human species, for finally getting to the point where women can choose whether they want to sort of, you know, align more with the private or with the public. However, now, decades later, I think what we're starting to see is that as women were moving out of the private into the public, and in fact, as that became more and more economically necessary because you can no longer raise a family with a single income, right? It actually requires two two sources of income to raise a family now. This left the private sphere in total tatters. And this left us disconnected from- from the motivations that come from that intrinsic private sphere. And as a result, both men and women are constantly questioning their value.
1: Well, and also enter the 50s and 60s where people begin to feel more and more of this um, as- 100%. depression happens. And what do we see? We see more depression and anxiety and, and people are taking the opiates and not the vitamins. That's right, yeah, okay. that's right, are taking the painkillers. More and right. more, right. over, more of the, you know, the over-medication of uh, the United States, yeah, yeah, let's take antidepressants. No, that's really not it. We right. need to be more intersubjective and less interobjective. Right. And, and I want to say one other thing that you mentioned about yeah, yeah. nature earlier. Okay, at this point in evolution, we, you and I are nature. You know, nature isn't, isn't right. the woods anymore. Why? Because the woods depend on whether on what Keith and Corey do. Right. If Keith and Corey continue to do a, a lot of the extractive capitalism stuff that's been going on, the woods are going to all disappear. Okay? Not to mention all the insects and the birds and everything else. Um, so right now, we're nature. Nature is going to go the way, the way that we direct it one way mm. or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that, you know, that I don't look like a like a sunset over the ocean, but, you know, I'm the sunset over the ocean because <laughs> that's in me and how and how the sunsets over the ocean go from now on. It really depends basically on what I decide to do. OK, right. um, and so that's the responsibility. What that? It's us. Yeah. And that's another motivation system. Right. Motivation system is now we are the people that are in charge of, of guiding the, the ship of, of Gaia, of life, and so on. And, you know, we probably should take the blindfolds off and start driving safely. Right.
0: Well, I think that's kind of the thing, Keith, is that, you know, with each of these stages of technology, which in turn sort of, you know, become the exterior yeah. form of these these cultural stages that we're moving through and these worldviews and these values and all of that, right? They're they're supported and sustained in many ways by the technologies that emerge out of them. And I think that, you know, similarly, because technology radically changes the opportunities that are available for a given society to self-organize, right? The industrial revolution allowed possibilities to emerge that did not exist prior. That's right. right. It allowed women opportunities in the public domain that did not exist prior when like actual physical brute strength was sort of the name of the game. Well, guess what? We don't need that kind of brute strength anymore because the machine has the brute strength for us. So that allows society to totally reorganize itself. I think the same thing is about to happen with this next era of artificial intelligence and automation, which is going to force men to come back home Just like women moved en masse from the private into the public, I think that this has a very good chance of moving at least a plurality of men out of the public sort of by force and into the private where they're going to be noticing how diminished these values have been for them their entire lives and is going to allow men and women together to co-create sort of both domains, both spheres, the private and the public in a more deliberate and conscientious way i know that i myself as a father like i have been able to raise my daughter while working at home right so i can see her every day when she gets home from school i am the contrary Uh, to to what warren farrell says about how classically the man you know the 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 man's love for his family was reflected in, in the man's ability to stay away from his family Right. go out there and earn money all the time so that the family can support themselves. That poor guy never gets to see his family, and I feel infinitely grateful that technology allows our family to self-organize in a way that I can actually be there for my daughter every day, which is an opportunity that 99.9% of men throughout history have not had, and I can, that's a thats a privilege, man.
1: Well, you know? Yeah, throughout agrarian history, that's 100% true. Yeah, Um. The, the other part of this, um, uh, because we're we're both individuals, you know, we're we're, we're chimpanzees and we're, we're we're bees. But now, as as we progress, the individual development becomes a central thing. Right. Um, when you and I talked about, remember we talked about toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. which, and the point that I made there. Um, was that we were throwing out the, 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 the warrior baby with the toxic masculinity bathwater. Right. Okay. And so th- the idea that, that there can be an individual with their own centered moral standard that they will stand by while they're embedded in other cultures, while they have the position and the hierarchy that they need in their family, Um, that's very challenging but that creates superior cultures and superior families one of my favorite family therapists is salvador mnuchin This great guy developed thing called hierarchical family systems now this is a big deal back in all green 60s because nobody likes hierarchy right but he said if you look at the healthy families there's mom and dad who are who are in into each other in charge and are fair in other words you know the 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 fairness, harm, the, the care, harm, and the fair, unfair, moral things. Those are met, and they're from in charge. That hierarchy is a hierarchy that produces healthy children. Um, you know, especially if you're authoritative parents and not authoritarian or permissive or disengaged, which is what you've been talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That requires men to 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 reinhabit the warrior archetype, which I keep saying doesn't have to do with having you know knowing martial arts and all that other stuff the, the warrior archetype is ultimately my morals my my own understanding my own connectedness with the good mm-hmm. um, is 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 my guide it is it informs other decisions that guy um particularly if he's flexible and adaptive enough to be able to be intersubjective So, like I said, some people can't, but if you can, that's the kind of guy that pulls, is a trustable masculine person that pulls feminine radiance. Mm. It pulls pulls a woman that can relax and just be an open channel of love into the world. That takes care of their love affair, okay? Which is sadly neglected in, in, in in modern society. And and what that does is it nurtures the heart of the family that enables them to go. Okay, now we want to optimize our children to have the kind of life that they want, and to, to balance these, these various drives in a way that works for them. And you know, there's lots of different ways because we're humans. Right. But that thing about reestablishing masculine power, mm-hmm. reestablishing feminine power in a particular kind of way which means we have to have traits where we can go kick ass at work and be able to surrender at home or surrender at work and kick ass at home, depending upon the flex flow needs of the situation, To be able to have polarity in our relationships, however it goes to, pro- to make that a primary thing while we're still completely invested in child and child rearing and other kinds of stuff. Very, very challenging. Um, to the extent that people are, are not encouraged to do this or taught to do this, there's all kinds of pathologies that they fall into. And this is what you were talking about earlier with suicide and depression, mm-hmm. medication and drug addiction, all this, not to mention all the other stuff. that <laughs> it, I, the, the, the extractive capitalist model, the transactional extractive capitalist model, increasingly, on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm increasingly appalled by how, how omnipresent it seems to be. Um, but I'm less offended by it, you know. I'm seeing it now as as a form that had to happen out of Orange. Hundred percent. It's, it's very, very potent and very, very powerful. And I think it'll take probably some time, you know. I don't know how many decades for the new model, you know, the 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 superior model, um, which is transformational leadership, which is generative capitalism. It'll take a while for that to outcompete extractive capitalism. Right. Um, and, and, and there'll be there'll be three steps forwards and two steps back. It's very much like uh, you know Putin's pedestrian twentieth century war happening in the twenty first century. I um, mean, it's just it's an utter disaster. But the, contra- the there's really way more contrast between that that consciousness and the rest of the world than there was in the twentieth century. Nobody was surprised when somebody conquered something in the twentieth century. Sure, of course, Italy's taken Ethiopia. Yeah, what else is new? You know, That's right. I, I don't know if, if what would happen if China, if, if Tibet was independent and China invaded them today.
0: Right.
1: I, I think there'd be a different world response. Yeah. No, I think and what, that, this is, what this is reflecting is the evolution of our collective motivation systems
0: exactly everything everything is always right on schedule right i think that's sort of the point everything everything that unfolds evolutionarily is always right on schedule so, including extractive conversations because because look having conversations like this and not just having them being vaguely interested in conversations like this is a luxury and it's a luxury that individuals only pursue when uh, when a whole entire set of other needs has already been fulfilled. If you're worrying every day about where you're gonna you know how you're gonna put you know food on your table and shelter over your head, chances are you don't really care about sort of <laughs> the two drives of partness and wholeness and all these motivations and all that because you are subject to one of the most primal motivations there is, which is simply to survive every single day.